0: Well, England didn't lose to Senegal So, Stefan Housen can talk football again And I can record a podcast Me Ready Football Podcast David Lawson Welcoming back, England What's going on, Stefan?
1: I told you I wasn't worried I told you I was not worried
0: There's no way that England was
1: going to lose to France D and leave the tournament early. Comfortable victory as expected. And sometimes you just have to make these bold claims and shut people up.
0: I can't believe that we bet everything on England. <laughs>
1: uh, England and, uh, we weren't betting everything on England. We I personally was not. That was just making it known that Senegal is not a football side worth caring about. So all you France D fans out there who keep bigging them up. You got humbled, and I hope you take your licks and you keep going.
0: Before before we move on quickly on Senegal, you know, like watching Morocco, watching Tunisia, how did Senegal win the African Nations Cup?
1: You know, I've said it before. Is like uh, money before.
0: that much of an importance then? Because after the game, I'm sorry to cut you. I just want to add on to your thing. I spoke to, I spoke to someone, and I said, I don't need to give any analysis on the game. Senegal is just not good. There's no analysis needed. They're just not good. So how were they so good? How did they win the Afghan Cup? They went to a final before. How was that possible? I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes these tournaments throw up these
1: crazy results. You know They're not the worst team in Africa, for sure. But I've said it before. I, I don't necessarily think they're the best team, but usually the breaks go for them. They have a solid system. Um, For some strange reason, Egypt couldn't get it done. For, for I think Egypt is a better team than Senegal. I've said that consistently. But for some strange reason, the football gods just decided that for Sane, Sadio Mane needed to be at the World Cup, and then they changed their mind towards the end. But yeah, no, Senegal is not a very good football team. I've always said I think their playing style is it's fairly overrated. It's very simplistic. It, it does have results and Mane is a difference maker when it comes to those competitions. But outside of that, it's, they're nothing special.
0: I'm open to Doudminez. I, I haven't really followed Senegal's football and... Going into this tournament when I was talking about England's gonna flop, I was actually worried that England was gonna play Senegal and lose because you know you listen to a lot of the analysis and whatever, and you know, African champions, etc. And I was when I was watching them, aside from England starting nervy, which England tend to do, and we'll get to that, they were really bad. Like 3-0, I honestly thought England after a while kind of just stayed in not even fourth or fifth gear. They were in third gear. And it's not to hype England is that Senegal just weren't good.
1: All right. All right and that's what I
0: expected. <laughs> All right, that's what I expected. Anyway, step right. one. I, don't, I want to leave England, France, or uh my comments on that. And I want to start with the question that we left off with last week. Who I think is going to win the World Cup, right? And I want to start that with first. And there's been a lot of confusion. I've been if I'm in and but I went with the analytics, right? And it yeah. was... Yeah. Germany and then it was a hard England. Whatever, I honestly feel like Brazil is going to win the World Cup. I thought that they should have won in 2018, and I don't see any reason why they shouldn't win now. And I've been, I've been listening to a number of different people who I respect in the game, and the name slips me who said this. And I unfortunately I got caught up in this, um, and I'm going to steal it from him he doesn't analyze football based on players. He analyzes football based on systems. So the whole, he never gets in any discussions about best players, this and that. He, all, he believes that basically all the good players are basically all on pretty much the same level with the obvious exceptions. And mm-hmm. I don't fully agree with him, but I do agree like international football is less about the individual talents and more about the, the system of the collective Basically players who have different tools coming together to form a puzzle and working together quickly. You have players who are pacey, you have players who have the touches, you have players who are defensively organized. Like maybe they might have a weakness in this area, but they all balance out. And I feel like Brazil is a perfect international team. Uh if you take out Neymar out of their team, they're more than beatable. Right? It's like one cog leaves then they're more than beautiful. But the combination, is, I feel, is unbeatable. And I really think they're extremely well coached. I gather TJ went into Europe, um, spent time around Europe looking at different things. And if you look at what they did to South Korea, what it really impressed me was they they weren't playing a back four, they they're playing a back three. And they were making Danilo invert as a midfielder. And then they had everybody else up front. They were able to, at many a times, be in very close quarters. They are able to bounce the ball um, with one player knowing when he should stay wide, when to make the pitch big. Um, the, the Rickardson looks amazing at scoring goals for Brazil because <laughs> he, yeah. you know? yeah. he has a skill set. You know, he has a skill set. And so that's what I want to say, why I think Brazil is going to win the World Cup.
1: Yeah, I thought it was super interesting what they were doing with Danilo in that game against South Korea. If for those who weren't familiar, Danilo played a left back technically on that game. Ed Edir Militao played right back, but essentially, what happened? Edir Militao went in inward for a back three. Danilo went into the midfield to make it another three. Paqueta got forward, and they just were able to overwhelm the South Koreans, and they just didn't have an answer for it. But yeah, sure, you sent him.
0: It's go ahead. What I gonna say, Stefan, we really need to stop looking at formations as four three three, four, two, three, one, blah, blah, blah. We really need to look at it at what it is three, two, one, three, one type of things, two, three, mm. like that's the sort of thing, the way how players are able to the way actually where they're actually functioning rather than where they start at the kickoff. You know? No,
1: yeah, for sure. I keep saying it, saying it to people who are more inclined to this level of discussion. Systems are not static. Systems do not. Football is not played 4-3-3. Everything is a 4-3-3 depending on how you look on it. It's a base system. Whether you want to call it 4 3 3 or if you want to do the flip and call something 3-5-2 or 5-3-2. It's all about the transitions in the game. The shape of a team drastically differs when they're defending versus when they're attacking versus when they're just keeping possession of the ball. So they're very fluid. So the simplistic way that we, in general, look at systems, it's a bit outdated now, and I think people need to step that up.
0: And it's based on the tendencies of the players, where they like to organize, how they like to move. um, And, yeah, in Brazil, the the, the futsal that they play, the natural ability of their players is still extremely high. So they can function in a way that they can react quicker than many other teams. I do think that if France was at full strength, that would be the one team that I would pick to beat Brazil. But France is Mm -hmm. not at full strength. And even without Jesus. um, And of course, this is boring if Neymar's ankle doesn't act up. Because once Neymar's ankle went up, I was starting to feel confident about England, etc. But now that Neymar is back, and if that stays the same, Brazil's total ability and the system that they're running, and the, the functionality of all of their players and the cohesion. They never seem... I can honestly say, since Kevin De Bruyne's goal against Belgium, I don't think I've seen Brazil under attack Um, at any period. I'm talking they've done two Copa Americas, they've done qualifications, and now they're in the quarterfinals. I don't feel like they're ever under attack. Granted, I didn't watch them against Cameroon because I knew that that was a dead rubber game, etc. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, I don't feel like they're ever the attack. I know people say, oh, but they lost to Argentina. If you really watch that game, Argentina got that one chance and scored.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, before the tournament, I said if I was going with anyone to win this World Cup, my pick would be Brazil Um, in regards to my prediction. And, and I stand by that. Uh, I did start to question them when Neymar's uncle turned into, into a grapefruit. But if he is back and he's fit and he's good to go, Brazil should win this World Cup. They have all the pieces, as you said. They have a settled system. They have a superb difference maker in Neymar, who's probably one, probably the best player at the competition when he is on form. Um, I'm sure Kylian Mbappe would have some arguments with that, but overall, no, I think Brazil is perfectly set up and primed to win this World Cup. If Neymar is fit, th- there's really no reason they shouldn't
0: win. Neymar would say, well, you know, the same thing. You know, getting the whole better player argument again. Uh, you know, he never gets into that sort of argument. I really should send you that podcast to listen to, just to listen to that one part and his breakdown. And hopefully, I'm not misquoting him. Uh, like, I think Neymar is a better overall player than Mbappe. Um, yeah. But Mbappe is just more dangerous because Mbappe's ability to just at a moment switch, just flick a switch, yeah. and he's, um, he's, he's that, that lightning switch. You know, it's extremely good. It's almost like um, arguments that people used to have back in the day with Henry and Ronaldinho. And some people are on the Henry train. Most people are on the Ronaldinho train, etc. But it's kind of similar to that. Um, But yeah, um, I I think Brazil should win. They're, um, They're overall the best team. And that's just that.
1: No, oh, yeah, I agree with you. I think we're on the same page when it comes to Brazil right now. You know, literally before that South Korea game I was like it really depends on how fit Neymar is. I was hoping the South Koreans would give us some drama just for just for the, the trolling aspect of it. But once the game started and I saw Neymar do one little move, I'm like, oh no, he looks good. And then within no time they were up at an obscene score. I was like, Yeah, Brazil Brazil are here to win this thing.
0: I wasn't surprised they destroyed. I saw them in a friendly against Korea, and there was too much reverence. Um, the game, moving before again, I want to talk to you about Netherlands versus Argentina because the winner, because I believe Brazil is going to destroy Korea, um, beat up Croatia. Croatia. I just think Croatia is done. Four years past their best. So I don't believe their midfield is quick enough. I don't think they have enough to keep up with Brazil. Yeah. Um, What do you think about Netherlands
1: versus Argentina? Uh, I think the Netherlands versus Argentina game is just a game to determine who leaves the tournament a little bit later. Uh, I don't really have any faith faith in either of these teams. Uh, When it comes to the Netherlands, for example, I think Louis van Gaal, has um made his system clear? We knew exactly how he was going to play this tournament. I was actually watching the Netherlands versus the United States game, and I was fairly disappointed with the with the United States. I thought they could have put up a better show than that. Uh, but I was watching the game while sim- simultaneously watching um Van Basten. On a watch-along, and Marco van Basten spent 45 minutes absolutely trashing the Dutch team. He was not pleased. All he could say was how terrible the football was. He, at halftime, he said something along the lines of, We're, I'm happy that we scored two goals, but everything outside of that was trash. Uh They, they are not on board. The, the old-school... Dutch purists are not on board with the way that the Netherlands are approaching this tournament. But I feel like they've been doing this for subsequent World Cups now. This is how they've been playing and it's gotten them results and it's gotten them to semifinals and finals. But it is what it is.
0: You know what? Uh, And and, you know, after the game, everyone was criticising America. That that game perfectly showed up where Netherlands has fallen. um, Mm -hmm. But they still have the ability to do what they did to score that first goal. Right. And Dumfries has the ability to create havoc on the right hand side because of their, you know, we always talk about this natural touch and the cohesion of the players uh, and the technical ability of the players. Because they don't have the Van Persis and they don't have the Robins because that used to basically, this Dutch team has said, is basically the Dutch team without Robin, Robin and, Van
1: up, and Van Persis. Yes,
0: yeah. Basically it is what it is. Right. Um, but they have, but because of the natural system and stuff. And I do give Van Gaal credit because he understands the weaknesses of this team. Um, And he did something that he was willing, that many teams are not willing to do against America. Basically say to, to America, all right, you're consistent, you are trained, you're developed to basically play against teams that have the ball, that is going to try and beat you with the ball, and you counter-attack them, et cetera. No, we're going to give you the ball. You're going to take 60, 65% of the ball, at different 15-minute stretches, 5 to 10-minute stretches. We're going to see what you can do with it, right? Um, Because we know that we are compact enough, our defense is strong enough to deal with a lot of the stuff you want to do. I thought America at times seemed to be able to find little creases, and then they did find a goal, but... Even before the goal, I felt America's substitutions really broke up the cohesion and they brought on a striker who was just disgraceful. (laughs) Yeah. Guy from Turkey, he's really not good at football. I didn't understand. I was like, he should have started the game based on his function of being able to press high, make a nuisance of himself, and then you take him off and bring on somebody we think can now take advantage of players who are maybe not as as short as they were at the start of the game because they're a little bit more tired. So that's what I thought it was. Uh, um, Netherlands were clinical. America had a chance early. They did not score. Uh, they had quick moments, but the game was lost because the fullbacks for America were just completely and utterly confused. And that's yeah, that where was- the game went between Argentina and Netherlands. The the I, I don't rate Argentina's squad. I don't think they're they're good. I don't rate... I rate Enzo. I rate Messi. Yeah. The rest of them, I think, are ordinary. So I believe that Netherlands should be favourite, but everybody has Argentina and Brazil penciled into the semifinals.
1: No, yeah, I agree with you. Once again, I think that's a game where the Netherlands will probably approach that approach it saying, we will give you the ball. We don't rate you enough to... We um, uh, don't rate you enough to fear with you having the ball. And they'll be able to counterattack. They'll have the ability. And once again, I don't rate Argentina's fullbacks. I think uh the Dutch fullbacks can strive on that, the extra man, whether they actually send Danny daily, Daily Blind forward or they keep him sucked in and they, they overload on the right side. It's gonna be an advantage for the Dutch. Uh, I think it's gonna be a cagey game. Uh, this before this round, I actually said that I feel like Argentina Netherlands will be the first penalty shoot out of the World Cup. Um, we got it already, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Netherlands just, just edge it out. We know what the Argentinians are going to do. They're going to hold the ball, they're going to rely on Messi to do some magic eventually. And I just, I just don't think they're good enough to actually win anything doing that.
0: No question about it, Stefan. And I definitely also think one of the main problems when you're predicting this game, because we, we know how it's going to be, Argentina is going to have the ball. Netherlands is going to try and make some counters. I do feel like um, there are going to be moments in the game where Van Gaal is going to be like press a little bit higher, um, which is going to cause some form of confusion with Argentina. And I think Netherlands will score from that. And uh, yes. they set pieces as well. And uh, the good news for Argentina, Argentina fan is that eventually somebody's going to score from a good messy pass, like a proper <laughs> messy pass, not a simple short corner. Um, which we didn't see against Australia, we didn't see against Saudi Arabia. So I think that's going to happen. Uh, so that gives Argentina a chance to maybe get it to a penalty shootout. Um, but I, I just think the Dutch back three system, which also can function as a back four um, with Blinn tucking in, I think that that is something as well. Dumfries is going to put extremely high and uh, basically, I feel like who who's who's Argentina going to put on to kind of force Dumfries back?
1: That's a question. Uh, Di Maria didn't start the last game, but even so, I can't see Di Maria being the player that he is now. Being someone who he's not going to trap back for one, he's not going to do the, the the dirty work to to stay with Dumfries, and I don't think Dumfries will respect him enough
0: to actually just sit back either. If he's done. He's done. He's done. He's done. It's <laughs> definitely done. Like there's no there's no doubt about it. it it's yeah. there's nothing yeah. there's nothing there about Dumfries. You <laughs> you look at what they're gonna likely play. Um Depay Depay being back, you know, you have Gakpo, you have Clanson, that, that front three against Romero, Otamendi, Akuna, and Molina. I'm not the biggest Dutch fan, but those guys have enough in their locker to take advantage of that. You look at the midfield, Paul Fernandez, Alisto, yeah, Run and De Jong. Uh, I I think De Jong is better than all of them. Enzo Fernandez is is extremely talented. So there's that. You have Alvarez and Gomez outside of Messi. Um so yeah. And then you have the back three, Timber, Dyke, and Dyke, uh, Van Dijk and Nathan, so the Dutch should have more than enough. This is a game where if I was a Netherlands fan, I'd be disappointed if I lost this game. I'd be really disappointed if I lost this game because they're better than they're better than Argentina, um, and I just said I don't rate Netherlands that highly either. But yeah, this Argentina's team is not good. I don't say nothing about them other than that. They want to try and pass the ball a hundred times slowly and you can easily. And when you win the ball off and then they recover slowly and you can get shots off of them.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. On that. It's that. I think it's a game that the Dutch should expect to win and should should be disappointed if they don't win. I just don't rate this Argentinian team. I've been saying it from before the World Cup. A lot of people, you know, wanted to put them forth as genuine title contenders. I never had them that high. I've actually said their chances
0: were zero. I think they've reached their um uh, their ceiling. That's it. But last thing I wanted to say, there's a stat I wanted to say about this about this about this World Cup so far. You look at possession wise, Spain of course going home with the most possession. Argentina is second. So if they can hold on to possession and the Netherlands aren't as efficient, and thing, you know, England is third in this World Cup in possession.
1: I'm not surprised
0: One, there, huh? Less than 1% behind Argentina. That seemed like a miracle to me. Like, how is that <laughs> possible? Declan, Declan Rice. <laughs> Someone said there's a rumor going around that Declan Rice is going to pass the ball forward <laughs> in the next game. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a rumor. Oh man, there's, I want to see what, what's going on. Oh that's, man. That's... Declan Rice. You look at um you look at that. Anyway, so Stefan, this is really I want to set you know. England, France. I honestly think this is the most high biggest international game. I, I can't I can't remember another international game with this sort of hype this sort of feeling that i've had and not just because of england in a long time i think the last time was this hype i remember brazil versus spain the Confed 2013 there was mm-hmm. that 2014 World Cup, brazil versus germany is extremely hype for that for reasons that you know where i thought that germany was going to win so it was that but in terms of where i genuinely think Two teams, two matchups, right there, neck and neck, uh, ability-wise, and I don't know who's gonna win. That sort of thing, emotions are high, rivalry between the two nations, uh, fans. Yeah, I, I can't think of another game in since that two thousand and thirteen Spain versus Brazil confed game and you know what i fully oh. agree
1: with you once again uh, I, honestly this game has been touted for pretty much since the draw was made and we knew the the potential matchups etc people have been saying the quarter final stage will see england versus france if everything goes well i think there's a lot of interest Mainly one, the English fans, they want to see their team do well. And obviously, I think England's also one of the most hated teams in the world. The England haters have have been saying for a while, hey, France are going to knock you out to the quarterfinals. But uh, on the flip side, there's also a lot of French fans. I think this is going this is as I as, as I said, I agree with you. I think this game has been hyped and I'm glad that we're actually going to get it. But once again, I I don't know where my my confidence lies right now. Before the tournament, I was sneakily saying to people. England are going to take France out of the World Cup. That was my, my thinking at that point in time based on the, the injuries that France were bringing into the World Cup based on the fact that uh, France have been testing out this incredibly stupid back five s- situation for a while. But, Griezmann and Mbappe have started this tournament like they're, they're men on missions. Deschamps has gone back to the old, the old back four, the, the sit back and, and wait for our chances and exploit system that has won them the World Cup. It looks good, so I, I don't even know where to look right now. I I've been faltering. Right last week I was saying it's going to be France. Right now I might say it's England. Friday I might say it's somebody else.
0: The the thing that worries me about France more than anything, right, is that France's ability to create shooting shot, shot attempts. is The same with Brazil, their their ability to create sh- um, shots per game is something that is extremely disturbing. We talk about position for England. England aren't one of the top five teams in position. Like they, they're not average. They're averaging like ten shots per game, whereas France is a man averaging about eighteen shots per game. Um, just, let, let me let I, me just
1: I, jump. Let me jump in right here just to support that point. Um, England, they create one shooting opportunity for every hundred and twenty passes. For France, eighty five.
0: Yeah. I was gonna go into that, the whole thing. That when you France is the one team that you give them 50% possession, and if you're not really watching, it feels like they have much more than that. Because of how they do this weird thing. Cause I've been scouting them for a while. Cause I knew <laughs> I kind of knew this was happening as much as don't play in England and started tournament. I knew this was happening. I've been trying to scout them and what uh you look at France, their ability to basically stretch the game. They're able to make what should be a five-yard pass into a 15-yard pass because their players, when they're collecting it, is is before they even collect it. It's almost like they're stretching the ball out to get it. Their, their ability to change the dimensions of the fields is just fantastic. Yeah. And Griezmann is playing... You know I don't rate Griezmann. I've never yeah. rated Griezmann. But even I have to admit that what I'm seeing here in this hybrid eight role it looks fantastic right i can i can't deny it right yes. and they are, they changed the dimension so quickly um and the the geometry of the field in such a way that i am that that, that able to create shooting a chances because you don't know how quick the ball is moving forward and they do have the ability to at times slow the game down to just be easy when you least expect it, and then they tr- start again. Very trigger-happy. So that is... I don't know how Ingo's going to deal with that. And people have asked me a prediction. I'm like, I don't know what... Does Garrick Southwick go with a back three? Does he go back to the back four? Can't, like, how do they hold up? It's extremely... It's not a game I can predict because I'm an England fan. If France had Zidane Henry in this prime plane, I would still pick England to beat France. (laughs) So asking me who's going to win, I could come up with a variety of reasons. It all comes down to my heart and that I believe England is going to win because deep down I'm an England fan and I want to find reasons. And there's logical reasons I can come up with why England can beat them. Because I do believe England man for man is better. But as I said to you at the start of this podcast, more international football than club club football, I believe is more about talent because you can initiate it and you have time to work with it. International football is about functionality and the system, assist- functionality of the players the, and the skill sets of the players combined with the system, right? And France beats England in those regards where I believe England, man for man, has better players. Like, yeah, Um, With the exception of Mbappe, Dembele is playing really, really well. We'll see what Giroud is doing. Um, So, yeah, it's one of those situations where can England make this a dull game? Mm I'm hyped about this game. I believe England's best chance of it is to make this a dull game. The last time they played in a friendly 2017, it was an end-to-end, back-to-forth um, England lost three two. Even with France with ten men in the second half and France sending off, it it seemed like every time I look up, France was 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 firing something at the goal, and in an instant. So I think they have to make this a dull game. They can't make this a track meet and basically make it a bore. Um, and that's the only take. As take advice from you, Premier League big game. You know it's going to be boring. That's what they're going to have to do.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think if it's a game where we're caught up in in transitions where it's England trying to transition and then France get the ball and France tries to transition, I think that's a game that England will set themselves up to losing. And they They're going to send
0: diagonals to Mbappe and, and Dembele and Mbappe. Mbappe doesn't track back, so then Rabio being able to cover for him, I think that is, that's an era in which England can probably try and and get the better of with Saka. That's something that they can do. But I'm looking forward to seeing the confidence. I didn't really like what Saka was saying in the pre-match build-up. You know, he was saying, Oh, you know, there's one Mbappé, there's one. Like, like, uh, like <laughs> fuck that. We're fucking I England What the fuck you <laughs> talking about? You're a sucker. you're supposed to be the best player at Arsenal. What do what do you mean <laughs> there's one Mbappe? There's one sucker Like, yo, talk <laughs> yours like, like there needs to be an arrogance in like, yo. We're three lions in this. Yeah. Like, like, what's going on? You know, like that sort of thing. Like, I was missing that. But maybe there is that in behind the scenes, you know, something we don't see. Yeah, so, maybe there's a quiet... I mean,
1: I definitely think England have a quiet confidence. I believe that England should believe that they have the capabilities to win this game. As you said, it's not a bad team. I think when it comes down to it, France and England, for me, outside of Brazil, are two of the best squads at the World Cup. I think they're their system and their philosophies are are pretty ingrained and they work and, and they've gotten success out of them. for me though, aside with Saka insane I didn't hear Saka's interview, but from what you're saying, aside with Saka and the fact that there is one Mbappe, and I think that is where the difference is in the, between the team two between the two teams. Cause I really think France, the difference is that they have that lethal um difference maker in international football. England has has difference makers. I'm not saying they don't, but Kylian Mbappé has done it before. We've seen him make the difference in tournaments before. Whereas I think with Asaka, a Foden or even a Hurricane, they haven't had those moments of um, sh- showing that they, they can make the difference in the big games. But it's going to be an interesting one.
0: I do agree with people who are who are down on England and, you know, this thing because England have never proven that they can do anything, right? And we still have the history of England, and people still call the, the Beckham generation a golden generation when it was really what it was a better England generation where England made three quarterfinals in a row. Yes. Um, yes. and maybe with a little luck, they could have made a semi finals, right? They didn't get that little bit of luck, but they achieved what the ability that they were supposed to achieve like they lost to Brazil in 2002 World Cup. They were supposed to lose to that Brazil team. They had a bunch of injuries, and Brazil was better. They lost yeah. the, they lost to Portugal in 2004 um, at Portugal and a penalty shootout. They likely should have lost that game with Wayne Rooney getting hurt. 2006, the one game which I probably thought they should have won in that run. Wayne Rooney gets sent off. So yeah, you're not winning. You shouldn't win that game. Then you know, um, and Wayne Rooney was also going to that World Cup. With an injury and a lot of, and Beckham was older, etc. And England didn't have much of a system. They were what they were. And really and truly, probably the only reason why they were in that game was because Deco was um suspended. Really and truly. They're probably not as good as Portugal. But, thing, but this team, which which has provided semi finals, finals, and now a quarter finals, mm-hmm. it's one of those situations where France don't have Benson, they don't have Pogba, they don't have Conte and fr- france has been plucking and playing what's going to what i what i want to say from both teams which we haven't seen is what happens when if france gets hit first how is england mm-hmm. going to react that, that that is a question that i can't answer who when they get hit first what's the reaction going to be you naturally trust france because we've seen france react in previous um inerations being able to react, right? In the last World Cup. Right? We saw them react. Euros didn't react well. Nations League didn't react well. This tournament they haven't really had a chance. They, yeah, they came back against Australia. But yeah, come on, you know? So yes. that that yes. that is something in which we're going to we're going that's 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 where the game gonna be one and lost. Who gonna react when they get hit first?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. What's, what's that Tyson quote from boxing? Everyone has a plan until they get hit. Let's yeah, see what the, the plan.
0: Is <laughs> Let's oh, yeah. see who punches oh, yeah, first. They get punched in the mouth, yeah. I, um, yeah, and I don't know what Southgate's going to do. What would you do if you're a guard, Southgate? Yeah, I don't necessarily think we
1: have to reinvent the wheel here. I don't think he has to reinvent the wheel. The England team that played against Senegal, Foden, Saka... I'm um, in the front three. I'm pretty. I'm probably going with the exact same team. I don't think I'm changing much. Uh, I thought Jordan Henderson came. I mean, it was against Senegal, so it's not really against any kind of form of competition. I, but yeah, I'm probably going with the same eleven that started the last game. Uh, as you said, I'm probably going to try and make it a dull affair. Probably, I still want to be expansive and try to attack and and score a goal. But I'm going to be mindful of the fact that France is pro- is the best transitioning team at the tournament. So you have to you have to show some respect in that regard. Try to keep it compact, but still try and go up there.
0: Well, well that compacts up. Honestly, this might sound crazy. <laughs> you talk about being boring and whatever. I think you, you probably have to risk Calvin Phillips. No, nah, you you don't. <laughs> Stop throwing players I just don't him. trust Jordan Henderson. No. As much as I've tried to, to like him, I'm just like, maybe we can risk Alvin Phillips, but if not no. Mason Mount, do we try Mason Mount again? Like No, you don't. I like you got- Henderson, he's done well. And Mason Mount is not my favorite player. But there's some f- tools that Mason Mount can do that I feel like he can get onto Kamei and cause extreme problems. I really feel that. Like Mason Mount can cause problems um I, and break up France's flow and really force France to pull apart. Right? I think he make go with France Mason. play at a Mason. speed that they don't want to play. No, I, I mm. think if you're
1: going to play Mason Mount like that, you're not sacrificing another midfielder. for him. You're, soccer, you're, fast, you're sacrificing one of the front three. So you're dropping a soccer, you're dropping a fool, and you're saying no, that don't make any in. sense. That don't make any that, sense. You it doesn't make it. It, it doesn't make it, any it, sense it, to play it, play it, him it, in the midfield it. three like that. So that, that's 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 the only way I could ever see him doing it, and it doesn't but make. Then sense Mason that Mason Mount don't really
0: have much purpose. He has you has no can't purpose play right midfield. Though. you can't play him in attack. Then what would what why would you want him do? What him coming here to do? Yo, bibs are, oh, are for wash,
1: bibs are for wash. cones have to be put, be put out at training. The man play two <laughs> man
0: started two games. Uh at, when lastly on this game though, and you know, Harry Kane has mm-hmm. been, I think Hurricane has been good in this tournament. His slow shifts and yeah. his ball control has been so fantastic. It was good to see him get a goal. Uh, yeah. but he looks like the slowest striker out there. Like in uh, the World Cup, it looks like the slowest striker. Rashford, that's where England England have the advantage over France in the substitutions, being able to bring on Rashford. Losing Sterling is a problem. Um, yeah. Sterling is a weapon that they can use coming off that they could have been using coming off of the bench. Not having him is a problem. And no. I don't think yeah, it's so no, much of a
1: problem
0: England can't yeah, overcome.
1: Yeah. I agree with you, but as I said, I'm I'm going with the same system that we that they saw against Senegal and if push comes to shove you have Rashford off the bench. You have hope, hopefully Sterling's back. I, I would like to see him return, but we don't know how that will go. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um I guess we could sum it up with our with our final predictions.
0: I already picked England to win, so um
1: I'm, right, I'm, I'm wrong,
0: right.
1: <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> I will go different then. I, I actually think France are gonna, they're gonna take it. I, I didn't believe in them before the tournament, but they've shut me up. So I'm going with Kille and Mbappe. I think France will take it.
0: You know, I'm picking. I can't, I can't be like I'm picking France and then England win. I'm happy. It is, you know, it. I'm either going to be wrong and be unhappy, um, and that's just that.
1: Got you, man. Got you, got you. Got yeah, you,
0: but I can't believe you think France gonna beat England, man. Like. <laughs> They don't have Benzema, they don't have all these players. So when England planning on beating them?
1: Well, I said it before, you know, when Kante was out, I said that is advantage France. When Pogba was out, I said, oh, that is advantage England. And when Benzema was out, I said it was advantage France. I just didn't like the composition of the team with Benzema, Mbappe, Griezmann. I prefer them without... I, pre- I think Mbappe prefers playing without Benzema for France. And
0: based on the evidence so far. It,
1: it works better without Benzema. Right.
0: Well well, um, I'm going two-one England or England in extra time. All right, two-one France for me. Yeah, you're probably France or France. Damn, I don't even know what to say. All right, um, whole England lineup. I can't really talk tactically until I see all the lineup. But the key is going to be Foden and Saka. Can they completely? play at a level that forces France to be like, oh, shit, we're in trouble. All right, that's that. All right, Stefan, good talking to you. Peace.